You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. In a world filled with cigars, craft beer, comics, movies, and video games, only two men are brave enough to search out all things nerdy. It's the Cigar Nerds Podcast! And welcome to the Cigar Nerds Podcast. I'm your host, Smokin' Joe. I'm Brad Jackson. We're coming to you live from a bunker in an undisclosed location as we try to avoid the uh, uh, Corona Mexico beer virus or whatever the fuck it's called. <laughs> Are we, though? Are we? I mean, I, I I feel like we just continue to smoke cigars because, you know, the smoke creates a barrier so that the virus can't penetrate it. I mean, yes, it's a respiratory infection, so... We keep our lungs filled with smoke. It can't take hold. It's a, it's a nice blockade. <laughs> and I've done in, no less traveling than I normally do. You know, I've they shut down my office and they've told me to work from home. But fuck, I already work from home three days a week. So it's like, all right, cool. I'll work from home two more days a week. <laughs> Slacker. But yeah, everyone's vacations, concerts, conventions, and everything else have been canceled. So hell, I might as well stay home and smoke some cigars. <laughs> Well, I mean, I don't know. There ain't fuck else to do. <laughs> well, I mean, that's not true. Because, I mean, as a video gamer, I've been prepping for this my entire life. <laughs> I don't have to associate with folks in the general public. I could just stay at home, play MMORPGs. And, you know, we used to make fun of folks wanting to fish and all these other things that they could do in real life. But now that they can't, <laughs> they were just, you know, a decade ahead of the curve. Yeah, and it's like, you know, this episode comes out on St. Patty's Day, but, you know, they've canceled all the St. Patrick's Day uh, parades and shit. I'm like, come on, like, alcohol kills germs. You think this would be the safest of all holidays? Because, you know, traditionally you're out drinking somewhere. It's funny, like, I keep seeing uh, people trying to be like, well, vodka is, you know, a distilled spirit and it'll kill germs. It's like, yeah, all this other shit is like 100% alcohol. What you got is like, 40 it's not potent <laughs> enough to kill anything like you got to step your game up hey, it does Get a pretty good job on my liver <laughs> uh, it, but your liver is not a corona um apparently but uh yeah <laughs> I, that, uh, I feel like I i'm maybe, safe maybe we should all start doing shots of everclear <laughs> i feel like i'm safe because every one of those facebook memes is like if you've ever been here you're immune to coronavirus i'm like I've been to most of those places. It's like, oh, been to Dragon Con. Uh, yeah, I've used the bathroom at the Masquerade. I've uh, I've been to a Gypstick Training Center. I'm like, it's about all these nasty places. They said that you know will give you an immunity. I think I've been to. I mean, dude, we we camped in Dawson Forest. We probably you know have been exposed to enough radiation at this point that we're good. Yeah. So in honor like of like I Saint, grew a fifth toe. Uh, in honor of Saint Patty's Day, we're smoking the Shamrock Filthy Hooligan. Which is uh, freaking Alec Bradley's, because uh, we've smoked this before. So it's like his yearly St. Patty's Day release. Yeah, well, but I mean this, so this year, you know, it's kind of a little bit different with the Shamrock because it's not the, you know, like, you know, folks from last year will probably remember the barber pole of the Candela and then the, um, I forgot what the other rapper was, but it had that barber pole. But, you know, the Shamrock, you actually get three different blends of tobacco yeah, in the wrapper. If I remember correctly, like the first year it came out, it was just Candela. And then last year it was like Candela and something else, which they have, they still have that version, which is uh, Candela and then uh, 
uh, Nicaraguan Jalapa. Yeah, but this one is like you know the the shamrock has the the triple barber pole, which I've not seen plenty of barber poles. I've not seen a triple barber pole before, so this one just kind of stood out in the humidor. And it's a uh, Honduran Candela Habano Maduro and Habano Seco over in undisclosed filler blend. So we have no idea what it's inside of it. I mean the the standard uh, filthy hooligan is. Uh, Ecuadorian Sumatra binder and fillers from Honduras and Panama. So don't know if it's something similar or something completely different. I would say probably similar, but I I, I don't know. I mean, it, it smokes like a, um, just my initial, this is, uh, definitely in the medium category and, um, I, I don't know. It, it tastes more Honduran than anything to me. Yeah. And just that, that, that changing wrapper leaf too. It's like, I don't know. It's it's gonna be interesting if how the flavor changes as you go. Because I mean, you're almost getting all three leaves at the same time. But yeah, you know, there may be parts where you're getting just a little more, yeah, you know, Maduro than you are, you know, Candela. So it's I will, I'll it's gonna be s- weird to see if this kind of you know there's like flavor fluctuations as you I mean, go. I mean, I will say in this first third, which I'm getting, you know, into some of the candela now. It seems like when it hits the candela, it takes on more of a um, an earthy taste to it. Um, is is how I would describe it. Yeah, because if you've never smoked a just a straight up candela cigar, it's the green leaf looks kind of weird, but it has more of a you said earthy, like a grassy, like hay type yeah. uh, consistency to it, to where you know your Maduro is a little sweeter, and so it's yeah, it's kind of interesting how the f- or if like so we just started, so you know, tell you in an hour if there's any kind of <laughs> fluctuations, but I don't know, like like it does, the uh, it does have you know you said grassy, and I'm like yeah, that's that's definitely, <laughs> like, and people are like, how do you know the fuck grass tastes like? And it's like well played sports and sometimes yeah. you get stuff in your mouth that or like it's like when you smell something and it you you can taste it when you smell it. it's like you know smelling hay that taste you kind of get from like just yeah sn- sniffing a but bale of not, hay or something you know uh, you know and i guess to hear it described that way people would be like why the hell would i want to smoke that but it's um it's not bad or offensive or off-putting or anything um and you know, these are our palettes. I yeah. mean, you know, some the thing is- with these is like a mix. I've smoked like this a straight up candela, and an hour in, if you're just smoking a candela, that kind of that flavor can kind of get old. Like the the swamp thing, I like it in small doses, but I don't. It's not one, something I want to smoke all the time because it's mainly candela. Where this with the barber pole, it kind of just mix up that flavor. I'm not getting as strong a candela taste as I would with something that was, you know all green yeah a- absolutely um so i mean uh i i guess uh what are we talking about this week i mean it's it's, it's a weird week um well we're gonna be talking about a little movie um a uh big time a, f- a famous actor just died uh max uh max von sendow who's been in everything from star wars to I mean, he's played Death. He's like one of those legitimate old-school Hollywood actors that have been around forever. But back in 1980, 40 years ago at this point, which December would have been the 40th anniversary of this film, he was in a 
cult classic, or what became a cult classic, Flash Gordon. Oh! <laughs> I mean, dude. Soundtrack goes. Like... As playing Ming the Merciless. So, this week we're going to talk about Flash Gordon. And if you're going to have to defend the Earth from intergalactic emperors, or even if you need to stay awake when you're drunk as shit on St. Patty's Day tonight, call in the Strike Force. StrikeForceEnergy.com. Use your promo code CIGARNERS for 20% off your order. You can throw some of that in your green beers, man. I mean, it's it's a liquid, so it'll mix with anything. You know, instead of, uh, you know, Red Bull and vodka, throw some Strike Force in your, uh, in your Irish whiskey tonight and uh, have a good old time. Nothing like being drunk and really caffeinated. <laughs> faith in that's, the lady. That, that sounds like a dangerous combination i'm all for it <laughs> so with that we'll be right back with the other flash Welcome back to the podcast. It's time to talk about the savior of the universe, a.k.a. Flash Gordon. Yeah, always good to have a little space opera, you know? And, and what, what, you know, I, and I guess you can't even talk about, you know, Flash Gordon without the thing that you've already brought up. <laughs> I mean, how catchy is it? And, you know, I mean, great that as somebody that's not even a big queen fan but just that you know freaking intro every time you hear that it's like you can't help but sing it and get it stuck in your head for like a week <laughs> yeah it's like the the soundtrack of uh that's what i think queen is like it's one of those bands you either love them or, or you're just they, but they while their entire catalog is not something that i you know they they have their hits and they make great theme songs. I mean, the Flash Gordon theme song, the the Highlander theme song. You know, you can't go to a uh, a sporting event. Well, you really can't go to a sporting event now. But back in the day, you couldn't go to a sporting event without hearing "We Will Rock You" or "We Are the Champions." Or, <laughs> dude, I will never forget. Like, they make good anthems. <laughs> I forgot what happened back in the day. You know, folks in the Atlanta area that are old enough will probably remember a radio station called Ninety Six Rock. <laughs> oh yes, and um, like I, I I forgot what it was, but like there was some like terrible headline that came out, and like they played a Queen song like immediately after doing the newscast, and that about tanked the news station it, just because it was like yes, because it was there was a series of I remember this I mean I think it was before I was even born, but I remember hearing the story of. There, there was like a serial killer in Atlanta, like killing. It was like 
bunch of child, you know, kids getting killed in Atlanta. And they did this, you know, news story about, uh, about the, the Atlanta murders. And then immediately played, uh, another one bites the dust. <laughs> like right after this news story. And I'm pretty sure that DJ got fired. <laughs> yeah, like, I mean, not that, you know, and nobody was trying to do anything, you know, mischievous. I mean, it was just very poor timing of said playlist. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so the character of Flash Gordon, if you're not familiar with it, he's not, you know, the Scarlet Speedster of the DC Universe. Uh, that Flash. He's. Right. Can you say that, though? I mean, dude, he played for the fucking New York Jets, okay? <laughs> like, I mean, you give that dude a ball and he does work. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's based on a comic strip, uh, not even like a comic book, but. Uh, a comic strip started in the 30s uh, about a, you know, athlete who basically gets kidnapped by a scientist who's going to s- <laughs> stop an alien invasion, and he becomes the hero of the universe, where I think in the original 30s version, he was like a polo player, because that was the the big sport back then. And then in 1980, uh, they made it into a movie where he became a quarterback for the New York Jets <laughs> uh, and directed by Mike Hodges produced by Dino De Laurentiis which is a famous Hollywood producer Flash Gordon played by Sam J. Jones and uh he, wasn't he a playgirl centerfold too isn't probably. that how he got put on the map as a like because I, I guess they were trying to cast the physique and everything, and yeah. like I remember seeing something, you know, about a a Playgirl centerfold, and I was <laughs> like, you know, I'm thinking back to the '80s, and I'm like, yeah, this is probably, you know, athletic, built, buff, you know, an, an '80s heartthrob, you know, much. Yes, I just clicked on his Wikipedia. He was a a a Playgirl centerfold. <laughs> Like, which is kind of ironic. You see a lot of like, you know, playmate, you know, female playmates making the jump to acting, but, uh, <laughs> and he was a, uh, apparently he was in the Marines and was a, he actually played football. <laughs> he was, uh, oh, looks like he, uh, he, oh, he tried to get on the Seahawks, but, uh, he played, uh, football, you know, in, you know, for the, in the Marines, but, uh. Yeah, he didn't quite make it in the NFL. <laughs> he did. He did. Uh, you know, play with the Flyers as uh, semi-professional. But yeah, it's you know kind of parallel the uh, the character. But I mean, then again, the character of Dell. I mean, that was a lot of guys. Uh, you know, teenagers uh, first. You know, kind of heart heartthrob too. You know. Yeah, played by Melanie Anderson and a guy with only one name, Tapal, played. Scientist Hank Zarkov or Hans Zarkov. Yeah, the whole the whole movie is weird as shit. It's uh, there's a a planet Mongo <laughs> ruled by Ming the Merciless, who gets bored and decides, hey, I'm gonna go like destroy this planet Earth. It looks amusing, and he has like a whole bunch of buttons that makes like natural disasters. Which you know, Ming, Ming to... could be fucking with us now. You know. <laughs> I mean that, that that's the thing, like you know, you know, especially in this era, you know, of 
you know, oh, governments are, you know, experimenting with seeding clouds and, you know, that sort of thing. And I, I mean, as somebody that's loved weather, like that was one of the things that I enjoyed about this th film. But, you know, it's like, you know, I can remember experiments of like, yeah, we should, you know, drop bombs and like hurricanes and stuff and like, you know, disturb the atmosphere and dissipate the storms. And I was like, I don't think it works that way. <laughs> like... Yeah, I remember we had this like whole list of buttons and it was like the guy's from from an, another world but he has a button that says earthquakes did it's like you know what do they call earthquake yeah it should have been like you know ground quakes or something you know <laughs> why no, do you have a button because, that says earthquake because he was targeting earth okay he, he, he just had a custom-made button just for earth i mean he's probably got enough buttons for like every like you know planet and a, a you know solar system <laughs> he just switches you know? it out is like tech guy comes in we're all right today we're blowing up like you know plutarchan three <laughs> put the plutarchan quake uh button on your keypad i mean dude like you know you gotta think like this guy's, you know, fancy. He's he's intergalactic. He, he he's got all kinds of shit we don't even know about. Intergalactic, planetary, planetary, <laughs> intergalactic. <laughs> I mean, that would have almost worked for this. It wouldn't have been near as you know catchy. You know, like. <laughs> oh. I think he just came up with our outro song. <laughs> One of the buttons too was uh, hot hail. <laughs> and it was a hail, but it was like tiny, like freaking meteors and and like acid hail. I was like. That's that's interesting. I've never I was like because the whole time it's like all right, hurricanes, tornadoes, like fucking hot hail. What is hot hail? <laughs> fucking meteors. <laughs> apparently so. Well, you know, uh, apparently, like I said, that there's only one man on Earth, uh, a rogue scientist who realizes we're under attack, but nobody believes him. So he builds his own spaceship that has to have two people to fly it, and his uh, his. Uh, uh, whatever assistant pusses out and won't go. But luckily for him, New York Jets uh, football star and uh, uh, a hot travel agent are on a private jet that gets hit by hot hail and happens to crash land on his, on his island and he tricks them into coming along for the ride so he has somebody to drive his spaceship. And Well, I mean, technically he didn't even trick them. <laughs> I mean, this is... He's like, you want to use my phone? Hey, it's in this rocket ship phone booth. <laughs> Y'all I mean, should go in there. You know, like, you gotta give Flash Gordon some credit here, you know? Because, you know, he, he does the great fake-out move of, oh, you just want the girl. Great, I'll go. Wink, wink. You know, <laughs> ah, I'm gonna make a, an attack. But, you know, in doing so, instead of, like, throwing the guy out of the ship or something, like, no, let's hit all these buttons inside the ship. And when, <laughs> well, you know the rest. Yeah, he's like, he was, uh... Before he became the, the hero of the universe, he was kind of the... It was a reverse dumb blonde story. He kind of reminded me a little bit of Kelso from uh, that 70s show at the beginning of it. <laughs> He's just the dumb jock guy. So with that, so if they were to redo a Flash Gordon, I almost could see fucking, you know, Ashton Kutcher. I mean, he'd have to bulk up a little bit, you know, like, but yeah... I mean, he's kind of a, you know, he's a tall dude, but yeah, he's like, yeah, put on a little bit more muscle. He could, he could probably pull it off. Like, so. I think the one part when he's, uh. I mean, cause back in the day, like a, a, a Kelso Jackie duo would absolutely work in this scenario. <laughs> <laughs> like... Oh, wow. I could see that if they did a remake. <laughs> that would be, that would be about perfect. <laughs>
Oh, but like, and I, I, I read that, you know, at one point, cause like I said, this was all based off a comic strip and, uh, the, uh, Delantis had, uh, or Dave Laurentis, you know, had, had bought the rights, but he was having trouble getting the movie made. And at some point, George Lucas actually tried to buy the rights off of him and wanted to make a Flash Gordon movie back in the 70s, but he wouldn't sell, so he ended up making Star Wars instead. Like, isn't that crazy to think about, you know, like, could have been George Lucas, <laughs> yeah. you know, fucking doing Flash Gordon. But even then, like, now that you, I've looked at Flash Gordon and know that like they all kind of came out about the same time, and, you know, the, the later Star Wars films came out afterward, I'm like... Lucas definitely took some inspiration from some of it, especially um, at one point once Flash escapes, they go to, because there's like, Mongo has a bunch of moons that are like different kingdoms, and one of them is a a lush tree planet called like Arborarium or something like that, and some of those shots look straight up like the Ewok village. <laughs> I'm like, this could be Endor or Kashyyyk. I was like, does Lucas just like straight up like rip off this uh, set design? Because... I'm like, this straight up looks like some shit out of the Ewok village. There was no tiny furry people, but... <laughs> and a lot of the fashions from uh, uh, from the ladies in Mongo's court, uh, yeah, definitely Slave Leia-esque uh, outfits. Well, I mean, absolutely, especially with Princess Aura. Yeah. Like, I mean, you know, it, if that wasn't more inspiration, I don't know what was. And I, I don't know, like, I, you know... Like the uh, the naughtier side of me would absolutely. I was a Princess Aura fan. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, she was like she was like uh, Ming's daughter, but she wasn't as uh, evil as Ming the Merciless. She was just more slutty. <laughs> I mean, but tends, but, but yeah, you know, actually, kind of is a good guy and like helps rescue. Uh, uh, Flash and it fakes his death, so gets him out of the uh, <laughs> gets him out from being executed. But before that, when they first, like I said, when they they crash land on uh, on Ming's planet and gets captured, and they go to the the court where all of the different uh, princes um, that control the different territories are there, supposed to be you know uh, giving their tribute to Ming. They've got the the Hawkman of the Flying City. They got and the guys who dress like Robin Hood from the Tree Planet, led by a I think a former Robin Hood himself. Uh So did the <laughs> did the, you know, Flying Hawks. That straight up reminded me of something that was pulled directly from Wizard of Oz. <laughs> the Flying Monkeys? Yes. Well, like, even their costumes kind of look like Hawkman's costume from like the uh the DC universe. I mean, look I mean, it's like they definitely took some inspiration from Which that. Which it's probably like, hey, you guys still have some of those leftover wing suits, right? You know, can <laughs> we repurpose those for this film? <laughs> yeah, Timothy Dalton plays P- Prince Baron, who is the uh, the head of the the tree planet. But uh, <laughs> like when they, they bring him in there, and he's like, they uh, Ming uh, wants to use uh, make Dale his uh, concubine. And Flash is like, fuck that, homie. And starts getting his ass kicked by all the guards until someone throws him, like, a metal, like, egg thing that somebody had brought for a tribute. So he's like, oh, it's like a football now. I know what I'm doing. And it's like, it, it, he, he invented his own, 
football martial arts. <laughs> he's like running football plays and like tackling dudes and like running through. Uh, and then at one point, he even starts throwing throwing the damn eggs and like knocking people out like <laughs> footballs. I'm like, I've never thought of football as a martial art. This is kind of kind of interesting. I mean, it was kind of the best of both worlds, right? Like, oh, you like sports? Great. We'll we'll figure out a way to you know actually tie football. And I'm like. That needs to be a legit sport. I think they call it rugby that I'll never understand and just won't take, you know, hold in American, uh, you know, sports. <laughs> oh, yeah, because that whole, that whole fight scene was like, weird. until, you know, the professor tries to throw him another ball and he misses and knocks himself out. And so he gets uh, captured and sentenced to death. Which, I gotta say, like, for as crazy as, you know, the... The scientist is and everything else and it's like man like you don't want to like the guy but then like you know once they get there and everything he's like he becomes a likable character like that transition <laughs> yeah. happens so quick and it's like i thought this would be you know our our villain but no like we find out that it's ming and uh yeah because he's crazy as shit at the, yeah kind of and they get him to uh yeah, because he's the one that kind of kidnaps him and, and brings him along for this ride. And then, like I said, she gets sentenced to being uh, one of his brides or whatever. And then they're like, we're just going to erase your memory and make you, you know, reprogram you as one of our agents. And then they're going to execute uh, Flash. And when he shows up to be executed and he's wearing, like, the leather shorts, I'm like, this dude could have played He-Man. Yeah. I mean, that's like, especially, like, the blonde hair. And I'm like... I was like, if they didn't cast Dolph Lundgren in the uh, He-Man movie back in the day, Sam Jones could have made a, a decent He-Man. <laughs> that would work. Have to do something with the hair, though. Like, you know, grow it out a little longer and... Uh... Might need a little more of a tan. I mean, he's he's, he's, he's a big dude, but he's still kind of, like, kind of white. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Needs to spend a couple days on the beach, some spray tan, and, you know... Because, yeah, He-Man always had, a had like, a, a, a serious tan. <laughs> well, I think that comes with the territory living outdoors. Yeah. You and your battle cat having adventures. <laughs> Speaking of battle cat, where is it? <laughs> it's in the house somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> like, normally by now, like, we would hear, you know, distant crashes and booms and, you know, <laughs> randomness as a... Uh, well, the kid's not here today, so no one's let him out of the house. They're the ones that don't pay any attention and let the cat out, so then he comes, like, knocking on our door going, Hey, guys, I want a podcast. <laughs> I'll show you my butthole. You let the cat out? Oh, that was one of the dumbest corona coronavirus uh, memes I saw was, was like, uh, the World Health Organi Organization has released a statement that, uh, you know, dogs cannot contract the... Uh, uh, the the virus, so you don't have to keep them in quarantine. So let's just be clear: who let the dogs out? <laughs> that may be the most factual information we've seen to date. <laughs> yeah. And it was, this movie is so like just weird and colorful. <laughs> I mean the it it has the feel. Of a low budget film, but I mean, it made it was made for twenty million dollars, which you know, in the eighties that might have been a decent amount of money. And it kind of, I mean, it made twenty seven million, so it wasn't like a huge success, but it has, 
definitely inspired other things and taken on kind of a cult, definitely cult following. It's one of those movies that when it came out was kind of like, eh, whatever. But as time has gone by, it's kind of, you know, just about everybody has seen Flash Gordon at one point or another. Hell, there's even a, a reference to Flash Gordon on this season of The Flash. I think it was like the first episode he has to run into a black hole. And Cisco's like, I've been waiting since the day one to play this. And starts playing the Flash Gordon theme. They're like, what are you doing? He's like, dude, he's running into a, a uh, black hole. When is this not more appropriate? And they're like, all right, yeah, we'll allow it. I mean, I wonder, because, I mean, his Flash Gordon's uh, kind of has that lightning bolt thing, too, on his, like, shirt. I'm like, did DC, like, take the Flash's logo from <laughs> Flash Gordon? Yeah, maybe. I mean, I I don't know. Like, but I mean, there are a lot of folks that you know do you know try to. I I don't know. I I I think sort of as a premise, maybe that's where you know, some of the styling the Flash might have got some ideas from. But I I don't know. I mean, because colors is red and white. I mean, the he thing has a lightning like, bolt. He's it's like you know. I mean. Flash Gordon doesn't really have any actual superhero traits a- no, outside just... of being charismatic and likable and just, you know, trying to be a decent person and say, hey, you guys are getting treated like crap. Now's your chance to, you know, step up and, you know, overthrow Ming. Things don't have to be this way just because they've always been that way. Like, yeah, I got mean, some he's dumb just, laws. Uh... He's just a, almost like, you know, Batman or the Green Arrow, where he's just a dude with, like, a particular set of skills where he has the the superpower of being good at football. (laughs) And he's like, come on, guys, there's a lot more y'all than Ming. You just have to use a little teamwork. And everyone's like, what is this team thing you speak of? (laughs) And he has to teach them about teamwork. (laughs) I mean, it's a great, you know moral film, you know? Like <laughs> Oh, and uh the just like his weird football references like when they're uh Princess uh Aurora like, you know, basically fakes his death so she can get him out of the out of the castle and and takes him to her boyfriend uh uh Prince Baron to to hide and but he doesn't like him. So he makes him like go through this uh you know, man ritual, you know, freaking coming of age ritual where they stick their hand in this tree stump that has like a poisonous space scorpion in it. And if it bites you, you'll, you'll go crazy until you, you know, until you wish die. somebody to kill you. And like, yeah, so he's like, I promise her I wouldn't kill you unless you ask me to. So I'm going to like make you stick your hand in there and they start like going back and forth. And he's like, all right, you know, second down <laughs> two to go. <laughs> And then it, like fakes him out and like you know, escapes. I mean that was the, the I mean that was a great audible too to you know be like oh it got me kill me ha <laughs> fooled you sucker <laughs> oh but then they end up getting uh, picked up by the the Hawkman which the Hawkman were like the funniest dudes I liked uh, the uh, the uh... dude they were like the barbarians with no courage <laughs> like. Took him a little bit to, um, you know, to to, to gain, you know, the, the bird balls. <laughs> bird balls, that's what we'll call it. Like, <laughs> to drop his bird balls. Like, yeah, you know. Yeah. 
Uh, Brian Blessed. The bird ba- brains needed to drop the bird balls. <laughs> Brian so. Blessed is Prince Voltan, uh, king of the, or leader of the, the Hawkmen. And, and it's funny because he's like one of those like old school theatrical actors. So he had like great voice. Every time he would speak, it was all like, ha ha! <laughs> Flash Gordon! You know, these, this this like, I mean, very over exaggerated pronunciation thing, like, like you see from like old school, like theater actors. Well, I mean, it's, you know, I mean, you, you must ex- project to the back of the audience, bring microphone hey, days. You, you, you've got to be able to address your audience. And as the leader, you know, you, you've got to be able to project. Right? <laughs> I mean, it, you can't be a leader. If three quarters of the people can't understand you, <laughs> and I liked him when uh, in that first scene, kind of guy you want to have a beer with, yeah. In that first scene where Flash is having the football martial arts fight with all the guards, he you know he's like afraid to stand up to Ming completely, but he keeps like helping him out, like just uh, he like trips a guy and then like whacks another dude with his with his like stick and like looks around like hmm, I, I don't know what happened. <laughs> he just kept like. Like helping Flash, like just kind of behind the scenes, and like they're pretty like every time the guard gets up, he whacks him again. He's like, "Do you might notice that?" <laughs> I mean, I think that's what made it great. I don't. I mean, I don't know. Like, if shit goes south and Flash gets you know um, captured or you know executed or something, like best to make sure that the you know Ming thinks that you're still on his side. Like, <laughs> yeah, you got it. Yeah, got to I mean, uh, the, the, that was a good, you know, um, you know, subtle, you know, evasion tactic. <laughs> yeah. Oh, but, yeah, when they end up on his, you know, flying city, they have, uh, freaking, uh, yeah, he makes him and Baron, uh, fight to the death on this cool, like, floating platform, like, because they're, they, the Hawkmen, of course, live in a, a flight, like I said, Speaking of George Lucas taking inspiration, a little bit Bespin-like, you know, flying, <laughs> flying castle. <laughs> I was thinking about something else too. That I think this film maybe why we thought quicksand would be a much bigger problem in life than what it actually turned out to be. <laughs> yeah, because apparently on the giant tree planet they also have quicksand. Because like I said, it's the seventies and eighties. You always thought quicksand was going to be a bigger problem than it was. And I don't know, some of the, like, wildlife and creatures, too, like, definitely felt like, you know, Star Wars took some inspiration from. Like, you know, with the big, you know, giant alien carcass thing that, you know, erupts at one point, and I'm like... Oh, yeah, that was a little, because when he's, like, in the... Oh, he's like in a uh, running from Baron ends up in like this swamp uh, quicksand type thing. These arms come up and grab him and try to pull him down, and it's it's kind of reminded me a little bit of the, like the Sarlacc. It looked it looked a little bit like the <laughs> the mouth of the Sarlacc. Like, so I don't know. I mean, you know, kind of cool just to see you know how much you know inspiration was gained because of this film, and I and, and I. <laughs> You know, I, I will say that, you know, even going back and rewatching it, like, yeah, the, the effects are, you know, definitely cheesy, as you would anticipate, but, you know, all around, it's still very much an enjoyable film. Like, I, uh, you know. Because it's very campy, so even the semi-bad special effects, like, 
kind of fit the film. It, it just, uh, you know, but I, I, you know, it enhances it more than it like takes you out of it. And to see the influences in so many other films in the sci-fi genre, like, no wonder it gained such a cult following. I mean, probably the worst thing in the movie is the uh, the lizard men. <laughs> That was probably the worst looking costume where it's like this like their their eyes are in their mouth. It's like it looks like a dude in like a almost one of those uh those freaking morph suits <laughs> dressed up like a lizard. Maybe? I don't know. I mean, you ever seen a lizard man? Well, of course not. That's a, they, that's why they're rule, secretly ruling the uh the government with the the lizard people. They got well, the cool skin suits. Then, 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 how do you know what they what they should and should not look like? True enough. I digress. <laughs> Stop just assuming, you know, things that should be based on your definition of identity. Okay. I'm tired of this non-political, you know, nonsense. Like you've got to conform. Like it, it's hurting our ratings and our viewership. Damn it. My bad. It's 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 okay. I mean, well, no, I take it back. It's not okay, but you know, you got to do better. <laughs> Damn it, man! <laughs> like and, uh, I keep battling the PR nightmares. That. <laughs> uh, speaking of uh, weird, remember? Uh, <laughs> I remember. <laughs> When they have the, uh, uh, Flash discovers the, their, their version of a cell phone, the, the telepathy device where you could think, think to people. Worst time ever to have it. <laughs> yes. Like, you don't want to make a telepathy phone call with your side piece versus what you want to be your main piece. Like, you, you just can't do it. Like. <laughs> Like, no, not you. I was thinking of a different girl. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, he calls her to let her know he's not dead, and then the whole time he's got uh, Princess Aurora like in his lap, like freaking trying to make out with him and stuff. And he's like, he's talking to her. He's like, oh damn, this chick is turning me on. And she's like, what? Uh, ignore that. I, I wasn't talking about you. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, telepathy calling is something we definitely should not invent because I know how bad my brain is at like sidetracking and stuff. If somebody could hear that, like the the conversations would uh, <laughs> not go well. I'm like, this is a dumb motherfucker. What? Oh, sorry, I was thinking something else. <laughs> Tell us how you really feel. And then you have uh, freaking uh, Ming's. Uh, like his his head enforcer, freaking General Kalitus, with the metal face, reminded me a lot of Deathstro from uh, GI Joe. <laughs> Absolutely, um, kind of an interesting character too, in a way. Like he's like, so I will find your traitor, but you know. I need, you know, complete freedom to carry out this job, no matter, you know, what. It's like, it's all along, he knows it's the daughter. <laughs> yeah, and he, like, you know, when she drops uh, Flash off and tries to come back, of course, she gets captured, and he, like, tortures the shit out of her to find out where where he's at. And uh, <laughs> even when he shows up with, like, Flash, he's like, 
Yes, I tortured her, but I think she kind of secretly liked it. <laughs> she's she, she a bit of a freak. <laughs> she didn't mind getting whipped a, a lot. He's like, I had to get out the space worms or whatever it was to finally get her to confess. Because, you know, the, the whole whipping her thing yeah, kind of backfired. She was like, harder, daddy. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, boy. And with that, we'll be right back. <laughs> Under a new name title. <laughs> when they when he shows up and has to fight uh, Flash and Barrett and they they flicking flip him onto the 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 spikes and his freaking eyes like bug out of the metal mask that was the weirdest effect I was like holy shit that's I was like that's kind of cool <laughs> yeah had had one of those flashbacks you know to the hostel you know and the eyeball. And her and his sidekick, General Kayla, which was like the leader of the armies, when uh, they eventually kill her, and she just kind of like liquefies into black ooze. It was like, all right, yeah, y'all got some some cool looking death scenes. Yes. Like I don't know, like. That was kind of the crazy thing. Like, I mean, there there wasn't any gore or anything else, but you know, like when stuff did die, like you know, um, you know, the giant space creature and everything, like the effects did look pretty good. Like, yeah, I mean, most time it was like they got it was almost like Star Trek phasers. They get hit with a laser beam and they just like vaporize. So I mean, the only time you got anything bloody is when they shot the uh, the general and she turned to ooze and the other dude when his eyeballs popped out I mean, of his head. You know, the, the torture scene was a little bit graphic because, you know, it did show, like, the the ripped skin and stuff on her back, but like you said, you know, like, I'm pretty sure, like, she had a smile the entire time. <laughs> yeah, she was a little bit into it. She got a little bit of freak in her. <laughs> oh. <laughs> and the, uh, when Dale's uh, trapped in the harem and they bring her some kind of some kind of wine, and it's like she's like, yeah, here, drink this before Ming comes. She's like, will it help me forget? She's like, no, but it'll help you not care. <laughs> They're like, yeah, we we all drink this just because he's a disgusting bastard. Uh, so, well, I, I kind of like it too, where like you know, one of the servant girls and she's like. Here, you know, no, you should drink this and blah blah blah. And she's like, no, this is only for you know the, the privileged and you know we're just you know slave girls. We're not allowed to drink you know the the tea or whatever they called it. And yeah, and she ends. That's how she escaped. She ends up getting her drunk and changing clothes with her. So when Ming comes in, he's like, oh yeah. And then like, <laughs> <laughs> and and then as quick as he's like, oh yeah, he's like, oh no. <laughs> <laughs> right. Moves the pillow from her face. She's like, hey baby, and he's like, ah, oh, goddamn it. You're the wrong one. <laughs> Which, I, I I don't, I mean, you know, like, just the ability to think on their feet, you know, I mean, like. And Dale's kind of a badass. She, you know, all of a sudden, like, starts fighting guards and shit, and it's like, like, when the hell did she learn, like, you know, martial arts? <laughs> she pulled out a couple moves there. I was like, the fuck? <laughs> but you know it wasn't a George Lucas film, because, you know, they, she was actually hitting shit. Like, I don't know. Like, uh, did the guards ever actually hit anything? <laughs> I, I don't think they did. Like, they kind of gave me that Stormtrooper vibe. Because there yeah. was a lot more of them. Like, I don't know. It, it almost reminded me the red of... Red suits look a little bit like Imperial Guards. And 
and they were also kind of stupid, like stormtroopers. And they, you know, they kind of remind. Remember the uh, the fucking space janitors from the Dragon Con TV? Yeah, that's what their uniforms kind of look like. <laughs> like weird gas mask looking faces. Well, I mean, hey, they got mask on. They're prepared for the coronas. My corona. <laughs> oh, I'm surprised. Uh, Weird Al hasn't come out with a <laughs> a new oh, it's, cover. It's it's probably already there. He's just waiting for you know to see how bad shit hits the fan before he releases it. <laughs> oh god, I found a video the other night of a guy made a a cover of uh, "Devil Went Down to Georgia," but it was all about uh, pooping because it was out of toilet paper. <laughs> And the devil and Johnny had a pooping uh, contest. He bet a shitter of gold against his soul that he could poop better than him. <laughs> Jeez Louise. Aren't so, we talking about Flash? <laughs> so look that one up when you get a chance. <laughs> I'm scared. I never know, you know, to actually look up your recommendations. Like, I have to vet them first. <laughs> like, normally I'm like, hey, Rachel, you should look at this. That's like some text I get from friends. I'm like, oh, there's a video attachment. I'm not going to open this in a public place. <laughs> Tim. <laughs> oh, and yeah, so, you know, Hans Zarkov, like we talked about his fate was supposed to have been his his mind wiped and become an agent. So you think he's going to be the the evil one. And, you know, uh, Dale runs into him as she's escaping. She's like, oh, Flash is alive. We got to go. Uh, we got to go meet up with him. He's on Abora. So they're like, they let them escape because they think, you know, he's their man. And then as soon as he kind of gets out of, out of, uh, out of the castle, he's like, oh, no, I still have all my memories. Because as they erased my mind, I started thinking about Shakespeare and famous works of art and, and math and all this other stuff. He's like. Because they can't erase the human spirit. The human spirit is stronger than whatever fucked up alien technology they had plugged into me. Which I thought that effect too when they're erasing his mind, where they're kind of running backward yeah, you through just history. See all of the you know history disappearing, you know, and being, you know, I guess uh, downloaded and stuff was actually pretty cool. Yeah, because it went all the way from like eventually it's like you see his parents and stuff because it's all from his like first person's perspective nearly and, and just like little fast thing. Gets to the point where he's a, like a child, <laughs> and uh, yeah, they see his conception, and he's like, "That's got to be disturbing." Like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the part where he gets back to World War Two, and like, there's like Hitler and stuff. Like the evil people were like, "No, that guy has potential." <laughs> They're like, "We're fans of that dude." <laughs> Jeez. Oh yeah. But yeah, so. <laughs> Freaking uh, Flash ends up uh, having to fight Baron to the death, but refuses to kill him. So they're like, "He's a good dude," and they he tries to get the Hawkmen to to help him at first, but they're like, "Hell no! Ming's gonna come here and destroy us all. You're on your own," and, and bugs out and leaves him there. And of course, they recapture everyone except uh, and leave. And even like like they're like, "All right, you're kind of a badass. So how about I just give you the kingdom of Earth and you you like fuck off and let me have the girl." And he's like, uh, no, bro, that ain't gonna happen. So they, they try to kill him, but he finds a, that, that was the thing that didn't make any sense. The Hawkman had like a space jet ski, the sky cycle thing. Like why do flying people need a sky cycle? Because I had guns. 
All right, sure enough. <laughs> You've explained it. <laughs> it's hard to fly with a cannon, I guess. Some, sometimes it's you know the the you know the the, the simplest of things. <laughs> uh, but he escapes, and the Hawkmen are hiding out, or or any like radio, and, they're, and, they're, and even like you know the Prince Voltan's right hand man is like, dude, we should have helped him. Like you know he was right about you know. And he's like, yeah, yeah, I know. If I only had it over to do over again, and then he calls him. He's like, hey, Voltan, like, like I escaped. Like, come on, man. He's like, all right. Thank you for giving this old bird one more chance. <laughs> and they come up with a plan to raid the castle. Which is, like I said, Flash comes in on his little jet cycle and is like, hey, fuck you guys. Come on, chase me. And he chases him into a cloud and it's like loaded with with Hawkman. And you get like the epic aerial battle of Hawks versus a penis-shaped flying rocket. <laughs> Yeah, not the best design of a rocket. <laughs> the uh, the old pocket rocket. <laughs> the warship Ajax. <laughs> and Deadpool was born. Oh. <laughs> uh, then uh I don't know, that's kind of cool though. Like the the whole like lightning shield effect thing like it's like we're having a wedding, like, <laughs> like across the uh, you know the skies. It's like any species attempting to uh, disrupt this service will be you know. Um, yes, there's like a outside the window a, a spaceship flies by, like with almost like the old school like the plane banners, and it's like everyone must make uh, like something like Ming's wedding. Everyone must make merry. If you're not making merry, you will be punished by death. <laughs> It's like, be happy or die. Yay, me. <laughs> so modern day villains, who is Ming most like? What inspirations were drawn from Ming the Merciless? Uh, he definitely, to me, gave off some, some Thanos-esque vibes. But he definitely wasn't as non-discriminatory as Thanos. Yeah, he, uh, you know, Thanos, he kind of has the, there was a, not the movie version, but the, was it the, the Iron Man villain, uh, freaking, uh, what's his name, uh, the leader of the Five Rings. He kind of looks like him in the comic, the comic book version of him. Fuck! What is that? I'm, you know, I'm having a having a blank on. Uh... Obadiah Stane. No, the bad guy from Iron Man Two, or no, Iron Man Three. Um. The 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 big terrorist that turns out to be a fake. Let's see. <laughs> anyway, yeah, he kind of he kind of has that you know the the comic book look of of that guy mandarin yes the mandarin yes he kind of reminds me of the freaking mandarin from from old iron man comics i can see that i mean he like had a lot it, of rings and shit too so <laughs> hey rings are important when you're you know, like i figured out like the more rings you have the more of a badass you are like i i, I guess now like we you know gave it infinity stones but i mean that used to be like you know, like, I can remember, you know, looking at, you know, bikers that, you know, portrayed, you know, the badass persona. I'm like, 
all of them had rings on or like, you know, it'd be like, oh, you're, you know, some kind of, you know, evil witchcrafter or something. So you've got to have a ring, uh, you know, fucking. Yeah, it's like, you know, bikers, so they made uh, brass knuckles illegal in a lot of states. So it's like, but you can have a whole bunch of big ass metal rings and it's, it's not brass knuckles. <laughs> Pretty much has the same effect, but uh, no, no, this is just my decorations. <laughs> this is my bling, homie. I once had bling. <laughs> I got no follow up for that. <laughs> no, I mean, uh, was a follow up even required? Honestly, like, <laughs> oh, but yeah, the uh, friggin' so, you know, that final. I expected more of a final battle too. Like, yo, know, I mean, he he makes this the suicide run uh, with the with the ship, but luckily. Uh, the Baron is, takes down the shield before he has to crash into it, and he ends up just crashing the the ship into the throne room church thing and impaling Ming with the the tip of the just the tip of the of the ship. But you know, you know, Ming slides off of it, and he's like, "All right, Ming, you know, s- s- stop fucking with Earth, and I'll 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 spare your life." And he's like, "My life is not yours to spare," and then tries to blast him with his like magic ring, and he's like. Oh, your power's fading, dude. Like, this had no effect on me. So he just kind of turns it toward himself and maybe vaporizes himself. Maybe, uh, went into the ring or whatever. But well, yeah, I, mean, I that, expected, that... like, at least some kind of, like, fight at the end. Yeah. <laughs> but you don't really get that. You, which, I mean, yeah, I mean almost... you get a pretty cool space battle, sort of. But yeah, I expected, like, a final, like, showdown between Ming and Flash. That... But, you know, I, I think, honestly, though, like, the. The way that ended, and then the film, you know, just ends, you know, the end with a question mark. Like, I absolutely think that they were, you know, banking on, you know, this, you know, having sequels and and that sort of stuff that, for whatever reason, just didn't come to fruition. And I don't know if maybe it's because... Apparently, Sam Jones and, like, the producer had a falling out, and he kind of, like, walked out at the end of it, so... There's some of his dialogue that's like just completely like voiced over because like he like like once it was done he left like during post production wouldn't come back so without him I guess they never just you know, oh yeah because that's actually to, the thing is like um you know to recast like, it you know is because I don't actually know if any of that is actually Sam Jones' voice through the through the film like I think they had to come in and like dub over you know with a different voice or something at some point yeah because like, a lot of the time because like I said he wouldn't come back during the uh and that was back in the day when when you pretty much had to do like you know whatever voiceover because uh, you know the I guess it's the microphone technology of the time they you know would film the movie and then you have to go back and do that to whatever the whatever ADR whatever they call it where you uh replace your dialogue and clean it up so they can actually hear what the fuck you're saying. And he was just like, fuck this, I'm out. So they kind of replaced him with some voice actor. And, you know, he never came back for any kind of sequels, which it didn't make a whole lot of money, but, I mean, the the cult following it has developed, you could have definitely done a, maybe not an immediate sequel, but, you know, a couple years later. But then it had a lot of spinoffs. There was, like, uh, a... Well, before the movie, there was like a live action show in the fifties, but then after the movie, there was 
Wasn't there a couple an animated? An, yeah, there was a, it was like an animated uh, movie. There was a couple animated uh, TV shows, and even apparently in like the mid two thousands, there was a live action Flash Gordon series on Sci Fi that I had never heard of. <laughs> yeah, because that's the thing. Like uh, th- this film is not easy to find. You know, I mean, like. It's not on, like, the, you know, streaming services or, like, you know, um, even available to, like, rent from YouTube and stuff. Like, it's like, you want to watch this, like, I ended up buying it from Amazon Prime for, like, seven or eight bucks. Um, yeah, it must be some kind of, like, weird licensing thing. Because, yeah, it's like, you know, most places you can rent it, but this one's like, no. But then again, it was like, to rent one's like, three bucks. So, six bucks is like, <laughs> yeah, for for the almost the price of renting it, you just buy it. yeah. Hey, and even speaking of Star Wars, Kenny Baker uh, played some of the dwarfs. <laughs> well, I mean, hey, that explains a lot. Yeah. <laughs> I just saw that on uh, <laughs> the cast list here. Uh, but it's it's kind of had a resurgence with um, the movie Ted. There's, like, tons of Flash Gordon. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, and even, like, you know, Sam Jones himself, like, Came shows in up. as, like, a 50-year-old dude, like, yeah, you know. <laughs> and, like, parties with him in, like, Ted 1 and 2. It's like... It's like, so for a lot of people, it was like, it kind of, when those, you know, Ted movies came out in the last couple of years, it almost like gave, a, gave it a little, uh, you know, resurgence. Most definitely. Yeah. Cause that, I forgot about that, but yeah, there is a shitload of flash references. Yeah. And there was even a, uh, like a recent documentary. I, when I downloaded this off of, uh, like you did off of prime, uh, about the making of uh, recently where they interviewed a lot of the people and, and kind of talk about uh, why there never was a, a, uh, a sequel, but um, trying to find the, the name of the, but yeah, I think it's like, you know, becoming flash Gordon or something like that. There's a, there's like a whole, you know, flash Gordon documentary uh, up on, up on Amazon if you want to get all the the behind the scenes. But yeah, it's one of those that's like... Did Sam Jones even, like, you know... Life After Flash, right? Yes, that's the one I... I, I saw. Which, looking at his, like you said, you... You know, you would think... Yeah, that was almost like his first movie, too. He was in something called Ten... And 79, like I said, Flash Gordon, you know, like I said, he was a, you know, athlete and apparently playgirl model and then turned into a, an actor off of this. But like I said, he's not really been in a whole lot of like B movies and stuff and just never became like the, the huge actor that, uh, that some people, but then again, like I said, he, I mean, if you're hell, he's got like a a credit nearly every year, every couple of years he's in something. So, you know, homeboys, uh, I mean, he was just in something, uh, last year. So, I mean, you don't have to be a famous actor. As long as you're a working actor, you're fucking making money. You know? Yeah. I mean, I guess that is the thing. Like, you know, cause hell, how many guys are there that are just like those cool character actors that play bit parts and like, every fucking movie you know you don't know what the guy's name is but you're like oh that's that guy from that thing because you well, see him it, in like every damn movie and and i think it's you know it's kind of cool now where you know more and more movies are starting to do 
you know, either the mid-credit or the post-credit, because I'm finding myself, like, seeing common names that before that I never paid attention to credits. So it's like, well, I got to, you know, stick it out through the credits. So, you know, I'll start, and I'm like, oh, that was that dude that did, you know, stunt coordination in this other film or, you know, that kind of thing. So it's kind of cool that not just the, you know, main actors and actresses are, you know, getting that recognition now. Yeah, apparently he's in a movie, uh, an Edgar Allan Poe movie called Edgar Allan Poe's Decapitarium. <laughs> that has yet to be released. That sounds that, <laughs> sounds interesting. That could oh. be, because, I mean, Poe's pretty dark. That might be uh, interesting. Uh, so, do you have any favorite parts of uh, <laughs> Flash Gordon? Hmm... Hmm. I I don't know. I mean Like seeing Mean get impelled was kinda cool. Um I, I I don't know. I guess I'll be, you know, stereotypical dude. Um the uh the battle between uh Dell and Princess Aurora on the uh, you know, <laughs> Uh, king size uh, rounded table was you know like like this is some WWE shit right here. Like, <laughs> yeah, got our got our nice cat fight going on. Oh, <laughs> uh, to beat the hell out of each other just to become friends and be like, oh, we're we're both not bad people. Like, <laughs> I gotta say, the The set design and the costume design, I mean, it's such, like, a, especially watching it in high def now, it's such, like, a colorful, like, some old sci-fi movies just look weird as shit, where this one is like, man, if I was on drugs, this would be an awesome movie to watch, because it's just so damn colorful. Well, yeah, because, I mean, there's <laughs> all the different flashing lights, and, you know, the... But, I mean, I'll and say, that, like, And that this... Queen soundtrack, it's like, it's like... Ooh, flash! <laughs> it just gets stuck the universe. In, it just gets stuck in your head, and like the Hawkman, like I said, the you know Prince Voltan. I was like, you, like you said, like I'd like to have a beer with that dude. He was kind of awesome, and just his old school theatrical way of saying things, like Flash Gordon's alive. Like, just everything has so much like enunciation energy, it, like... and it's just it's like you can't help but like <laughs> like him. He's like. I was like, this 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 be a badass dude to hang out with. Um and the and like said the, the cot like said the <laughs> the weird prince uh, princess Leia fucking slave girl outfits on everybody. It's like there, there's something for everybody. There's some decent action scenes, there's you know, cool over the top you know, just crazy shit, and then like I said, if if you want just a bad sci-fi movie. Well, I, I, I even hesitate to call it a bad sci-fi movie. I don't movie. think you can call it a bad sci-fi no, it's movie like, it's... because it, it, it was the paving grounds for so much of what is, you know, mainstream sci-fi today. I, I mean, mean, it's campy as fuck, but in a good way. You know, it's not just one of those. The, I mean, there's those, those here, old sci-fi movies that are they're entertaining because the they're so bad. Where this one isn't bad, <laughs> and it's great that this film did not try to take itself so seriously. Like, I think that they knew they were hitting, you know, a bit of a, a, a niche. 
Oh. And in doing so, like, you know, they weren't afraid to, you know, have humor and everything else. Because, you know, it, you talk about space and it could have been, you know, so easily just, you know, dark and, you know, everything. But no, like they, you know, I mean, fuck, it's, it's fear and loathing in Las Vegas and, you know, fucking outer <laughs> space. Like, you know, it's just craziness and it works. Like, I can't call this a bad movie. No, it's like it's 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 cheesy in the greatest way. <laughs> it's I, I don't know how to uh, just like yeah, describe that, but yeah, I can see why it has this like cult following that's developed. And you know, there's even rumors that they may make a you know in the land of reboots make a <laughs> make a a new one here, you know eventually. I don't know, with modern technology, I'm like, could you even make it and have it look... I think so much of this movie is the the sound and the look of it. If you cleaned it up and made it modern, I don't know if it would have the same... the same heart that the <laughs> original one did. It was like, if they if they tried to make it too serious, I just don't know if... Uh, I mean, that's the thing. You it's, could pull it off. It would have to be a project that you're paying... Like, I, I think the other thing that made this great is how closely it followed its source material. Yeah. Um, you know, so I think you would have to stick to that. And then, two, like, not make it super serious, you know? Um, yeah, you definitely couldn't do a DC version of this where it's all dark. And I don't think... I don't think that you could really go the Marvel route either and just, you know have you know a lot of the overtop comedy you know because there's like the comedy in this is is in the dry humor and the yeah, way there's the, never like anything like intentionally jokish it, exactly like um you know so i think it could be done but it needs to be you know done a certain way and not like how most modern films are produced today i think yeah it definitely needs that 80s look too <laughs> To a big, so you know what I would like to see, the that? folks that did did Kung Fury, you know, take a stab at you know doing a Flash Gordon. That would be be interesting, yeah. Uh, so, uh, what do you think of this uh, uh, Shamrock? As we're getting about to the the halfway point here on on this, you notice that, like the <laughs> now that we've talked about uh, which we haven't. Maybe we'll talk about here in a minute. The uh, we just discovered uh, the world championship of smoking as a thing, and found out the the rules of it is whoever smokes your cigar the longest has it like made you like slow down on your cigars. Now that we know that that's a thing, <laughs> I I think for me, which you you absolutely you know finish the cigar quicker than I do. The same cigar that'll take you an hour to smoke will take me two hours. But that's because, like, when I light a cigar, like, I do that with the intention that this is my relaxation and this is my downtime. Like, I'm not... Yeah, I relax, but I never really set mine but down and let also it rest. Too, I'm usually, like, like, having a conversation with a cigar still in my hand and, yeah. But for me, like, I set my cigar down and then, you know, the, the conversation sometimes, you know, takes precedence and then I'm like, oh, yeah, I still got a cigar over here. Like, <laughs> um... So I think I'm a bit more distracted when it comes to cigar smoking than you. 
Um, but at the same time, like, you know, for me, it's never about how do I speed up this moment? Like, you know, um, that, that's why, like, you know, even though there's shorty cigars and everything else, like, I only really want to light a cigar if I know I have an hour and a half or two hours to devote to the cigar, <laughs> you know, um, which probably more realistically will turn into three and a half, four hours. Yeah, for anyone who doesn't know what we're talking about, just recently discovered, because apparently Rocky Patel has, it's going to be the cigar for this year's event, and it's, um, so I saw this cigar at the cigar shop called, like, the World Cigar Smoking Championship Cigar by Rocky Patel, and I'm like, what the hell is that? So I had to look it up, and turns out, and this has been going on for 10 years, and I have never heard of this, there is an international cigar smoking competition where just about every month or couple months, there's these regional qualifying tournaments. There's several here in America. I think the next one, there was one just occurred down in Texas, but like there's one in, uh, I think Nashville in May is like the next one. But the, but there, I mean, it's all over the world. There's some in Dubai, some in England, Germany, and like the world championship is in like August or September is actually in like, uh, at a big resort in Croatia. But the rules of the tournament is it's it's a long smoking competition where everybody has the same cigar. You've got like a minute to light it, but then after that, you smoke until it goes out, and whoever is able to keep smoking the cigar the longest wins the competition. And, <laughs> and I think some of the ground rules are you're giving one cigar and two matches. And yeah, it's like and so. If it, so I mean, it's not like oh, let me light the cigar and I'll just set it down. It's like no, you gotta you know be able to maintain it yeah there's no relighting like i said it, once it goes out either you know by accident or when you're finished that's when the competition is over so it's like i'm like it like it, it's almost like one of those things it's like you know I, I i did when we were at the shop earlier you know kind of purposely try to milk it and it was like almost like uh you know the cigar was fully lit but I was drawing on it a lot softer and, you know, like almost to the point to where, I mean, at one point it almost extinguished, but I was still getting smoke. So I'm like, okay, well, where there's smoke, there's fire. So, you know, I was able to take a couple of, you know, harder draws, but I was like barely just getting a whiff of smoke. And I was like, huh, like, I, I wonder how it would fare. Like, but then again, like, I feel like people would do breathing exercises and training and, have a lot more preparation going into this than you or I. Like, yeah, I mean, I almost want to. Maybe not this year, but I definitely would like want to go try. I mean, the close. There's one in Florida. There's one in Tennessee that wouldn't be that far of a a trip to go do it. And it's like entry fees, like 120 bucks, but you get like 10 cigars with your entry fee. So it's <laughs> and like the there's like legit prizes. You like if you win it, you there's like some decent stuff. It's just so weird that this has been a thing that we've never heard of. Ah, so with that, we'll be right back. Ha 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 
welcome back. It's time for some science. Yeah. And not that crazy science like Hans uh, uh, Zarkov. Well, it's probably as crazy science because I mainly talk out of my ass. I mean, you're you're pretty crazy, so, I mean. I'm saying fucking aliens, man. Definitely fucking aliens. So, uh, music. I know you like music. You're a, a, a musician yourself. Um, and we've kind of talked about this and talked even with uh, writers and stuff that there's only so many stories you can tell. And there's only so much... I guess musical compositions you can make mathematically. There's a finite number of ways you can arrange notes. And, you know, people, it seems like every time an artist comes out with a song, there's like, somebody's like, Oh, this is too close to a thing I wrote back in the day. So like, I'm going to sue, sue you for copyright and having to get, you know, you know, included as a, a co-writer. Cause apparently the, the copyright laws in the U S are, are fucked up where as soon as something is recorded, it's, copyrighted and they even have a thing where it's called it's um subconscious infringement where if you make something that sounds like something else even if you've never heard that something else they can still like get a piece of that because uh, you violated their copyright of a thing you didn't know existed so to combat this uh, a couple musician lawyers and scientists or uh, whatever com computer programmers i guess you'd uh, call them has created an algorithm that basically has made every single melody that can possibly exist. And instead of claiming all that as their own music, they've released their entire catalog in the public domain. So now nobody can sue for copyright because they hold the copyright on every possible musical arrangement that could possibly may be made. That's crazy. <laughs> so yeah, it's kind of a, uh, a, uh, a a way to I guess uh, <laughs> fight this. It's like we're tired of everybody. Yeah, because for... I mean I I know like YouTube when they introduced you know their anti copyright you know software and stuff like that like you know people's original songs were you know getting flagged either by you know people claiming you know that they did it even though they really didn't or the software just being like. Ah, that's kind of close to this other thing, you know, because it didn't have a way to di differentiate, you know? I mean, dude, think of country music. It's it's a, you know, G, D, C, A, you know, B, F. Um, there you go. There, there's every country music song's chords ever. Like, <laughs> Yeah, because, like, uh, this was all started by a lawyer, musician, and programmer by the name of Damon Ryle, who came up with that idea after he said realizing that songwriters are walking on a melodic, melodic minefield because there's only a finite number of melodies that can exist. So with each new song, chances of creating something genuinely unique decreases and the possibility of writing something that has already been recorded you know, by someone else has increased. So now it's like anything that hasn't been written yet, he's already copyrighted that shit. So now you don't have to worry about somebody <laughs> suing you for, uh, for, uh, um, doing something that they've already done. You know, he kind of teamed up with a, a, another programmer by the name of Noah Rubin to create this algorithm that basically every 12 note melody that can possibly writ be written is now, you know, done. And if you want to go through it, basically this, this program came up with 68 billion melodies, which are now all available 
and on the website allthemusic.info. So if you, hey, if you need some uh, copyright-free music for some... Some inspiration, some ideas. uh, (laughs) You can kind of browse through everything the computer has has come up with. So you're welcome, musicians. (laughs) I mean, that's kind of cool, though, because, I mean, you know... Like, I mean, there are people, you know, legitimately ripping off other artists and stuff like that. I get it, but, you know, like... If you just happen to come up with something similar, like... You know, like you said, there's on, only so many, you know, notes. Like, <laughs> oh, yeah, there's only so many notes on a twelve-string guitar or a six-string guitar, and you know, there's only so many ways to uh, <laughs> arrange those notes. Like, I don't know. I just bought a new seven-string yesterday. So now you got a couple more notes. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, it's not really. I mean, they're. They were notes that already existed on the guitar. It's just now I, you know, have them in a different octave and uh, that sort of thing. And, you know, we, we talked about me thinking it's always aliens. Uh, investigation from samples uh, from the Mars rover hit that has uncovered in the past. Several organic compounds that they are now saying that is likely signs of past life on Mars. And I ain't talking aliens, you know, like I said, this could be plant life or whatever. Uh, they've studied the things they call theophins, T-H-I-O-P-H-E-N-E-S, theophins. There are molecules made up of four carbon atoms and a sulfur atom forming a pentagon-shaped ring. On Earth, these molecules can are found in coal and crude oil and are made up of dead plants and organisms. Uh, Wait, we found pentagrams on Mars? <laughs> pentagons. Oh, <laughs> no, sure we're not talking about doom. Pentagrams, like <laughs> I was like, oh shit, doom is real. <laughs> like, uh, so they say these compounds can be formed through a thermochemical process, but bacteria can also create them too. So the, now they're thinking that the, you know, some kind of ancient bacteria uh, is uh, they uh, in a new paper they've published in the Journal of Astrobiology, saying that there's you know several I guess pathways of creating these these. Uh, these chemicals, but most of them would have to go through some kind of chemical process where they said it's probably much simpler that these things were created in some kind of biological pathway showing that there was, if not currently was some kind of, you know, life on Mars. Uh, co-author paper, Dirk Schultz McCook said that, uh, if you find them on earth, then you would think they were biological, but on Mars, of course, you know, it's likely they're biological, but we still need, there's still a way to go to prove that it was, you know, biological. But it's definitely a step toward proving that life once existed on Mars in some form or another. Interesting. So, uh, life on Mars, okay. And speaking of life here on Earth, uh, yeah, it's all over the news. Half of us are working from home and... People are getting quarantined because of this new pandemic of the coronavirus. Well, if you want to make some money off of your uh, corona, uh, there's a lab in the UK that will pay you to be intentionally infected. So, uh, uh, researchers in the UK are reported looking for 24 volunteers for a medical trial to test possible vaccines that they are developing. And normally this, you know, process of something going from 
animal testing to human testing takes years, but this is such a supposed serious thing that uh, they're speeding up that process a lot. So they're paying people around, well, it's 3,500 euros, which is about 4,500 US to be infected with a, a, a weaker strain of the virus so they can test new treatments and new uh, potential vaccines for it. Yeah. So you get paid 4,500, you spend 14 days in isolation uh, and just get to kind of chill and be a lab rat for, so if that's something that, I mean, hell, there's a U.S. lab. I'm like, hey, I can take two weeks of vacation and make five grand. <laughs> so basically 320 bucks a day to be sick. Yeah. Eh, at least it's not man flu. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's, uh, <laughs> if, you, if you catch it accidentally, you're not going to make any money, and you're All still right. going to get quarantined. This way, you at least get, get some money, and if, and, you know, most viruses... Yeah, but at the same time, like, you're a guinea pig, so what if, what if the weakened strain doesn't kill you, but what they're trying to test on you does? Yeah, that's the only <laughs> downside, because, you know, the... The mortality rate of this disease, of this virus, is like extremely low unless you're old and already have a you know some kind of um, what you might call it uh, immune deficiency. Yes, uh, compromised immune system. It's really you know it's really you know just kind of a bad flu, and um, and in most cases it's not even a bad flu. It's kind of just like you know lighter flu-like symptoms. So you know it. Not too dangerous, but yeah, then, but you know, what happens if there's some kind of complication in the, in the treatment they're, they're giving you is, uh, <laughs> not, uh, not great. So it's kind of a gamble, but if you need some money, here's a, if, yeah, if you're, if you need some money and you're willing to go to Europe for it, here's you, here's you an option. Yeah. You can't go to Europe. <laughs> no, no more flights. Hey, we got international listeners. Maybe there's somebody that's uh, more local that, uh. That could uh, use some money. That's a whole lot of cigars you can buy. Start swimming. <laughs> and the, this is kind of having a impact on on science itself because the European Space Agency and Russia's Roscosmos Space Program has announced that uh, they are delaying the launch of their next uh, Mars rover, the second ExoMars mission, which was supposed to happen later this year, has now been pushed back to. 2022 because you know according to director general dimitri rogazin said basically they're you know hell all their scientists are sick so it's kind of hard for them to work and do science if they're all (laughs) all sick and that too with like the quarantines and the shutdowns that it's they can't really travel to meet with basically contractors outside of you know other scientists and stuff and other companies they're having to deal with to get this project going. It's hard for them to kind of meet if they're all quarantined in their own location. So the Rosalind Franklin, uh, ExoMars Rover, which was supposed to launch in July is now been pushed back to August or October of 2022, which I was talking to a guy at the gun store every day is that even like, I just bought a hollow sun, optic for my my mos glock and he's like he's like if you if if you have one if you find one buy it because you can go on Gunbroker and double your money because since the thing is made in china 
factories are shutting down and it's kind of getting hard to get those those scopes anymore so it's like now there's like an, an increased demand for them so Did you soak your uh site and sanitizer or anything to ensure it's sterile uh i i, I rub my my balls on it okay just to, you know taint it with my own uh <laughs> <laughs> whatever i have will kill whatever it has like I got mine like before all this crazy shit happened, so or so I'm 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 sure are, mine. Are, are you sure you did? Well, like... I, I've had it for like a month now, and I haven't got sick yet. So I guess the uh, yeah the the shooting it heats it up enough to <laughs> burn off any <laughs> uh, any problems. That might be one. The first one I got was broken. I had to like send it back and get a new one. It's because some uh, <laughs> sick worker uh, fucked up the electronics. Yeah. But as far as I know, my optics are corona-free. Wow, that's that's a good thing. And with that, we'll be right back with some news. Howdy! This year, the Earth Station One podcast will experience its favorite geek-out moment with episode number 500. That's over nine years of nerdy pop culture reviews, interviews, and con reports. Join the celebration with Mike and Mike each week on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite media player. We can also be found all over social media or at esonetwork.com. Peace. And we're done. We're done. We're done. We're done. And now it's time for all things nerdy in nerd news. And. Welcome to Nerd News. Yeah, news. This just in, breaking news announcement. <laughs> Coronavirus cancels everything. Yep, sorry people, the earth is closed, the moose at the gate should have told you. Absolutely. So, um, yeah, we really don't have a whole lot of news outside of the fact that, eh, unless you're a, you know, recluse and a, a gamer, like, there's probably no better time, um... But for everybody else that, you know, wants to be social and, you know, visit, you know, Galaxy's Edge or anything else, um, you know, attend any conventions, um, any anything, you know, of a, a mass gathering sort, um, make other plans. Yeah, it's like, I mean, I was, my birthday's coming up the 29th and I was supposed to go to the, we mentioned on an earlier episode, was heading to the steampunk symposium up in ohio and then the governor of ohio banned all public gatherings over 100 people and as since then has shut down all bars and restaurants you're only allowed to get carry out or you know to go or delivery because no one can uh associate with you so just about every con concert uh the we were kind of thinking about going to cybertronic spree uh, luckily, that show's in May here in Georgia. So far, so far, it's still on, but they've canceled all their March and April shows or delayed them. And you know, pretty much every convention that is currently going on has been postponed or canceled outright. Disneyland shut down, and even which we may have to reschedule some of our shows because we plan to talk about new movies that were coming out. A lot of the movies that were supposed to be coming out in the next couple weeks, they've postponed because. They're afraid people are going to, they're, they're afraid movie theaters are either going to shut down or people are just going to be too afraid to go to the movie theaters. So, you know, James Bond's been pushed back. Uh, Fast and the Furious 9's been pushed back. You know, so there's a lot of, you know, a lot of movies that were scheduled to come out within the next couple of weeks have all been pushed back to a, a later date. 
Well, um, I, I guess as we talk about Corona and we talk about gaming, um, if you do have, uh, you know, some spare graphics card resources, um, you might remember several months back, uh, or maybe years at this point, you know, because my, my time frame's a little off, but remember cryptocurrency and mining was a big topic that was discussed back then, you know, utilizing your GPU power of your computers to mine for bitcoins and such. Well, um, apparently there is a company, um, Pandy Labs at Sanford University, and they are running a dis distri distributed uh, compute network folding at home, um, where basically you can utilize your graphics card processing power to help them, you know, analyze and um, mine data on the coronavirus and, you know, help further their research. Um, so basically, you know, what happens is the home user, you know, puts the software on their computer, allows, you know, their graphics card and computer resources to start executing, you know, lines of code and everything, and that is a node to a supercomputer that they're using to analyze the virus in, in hopes of, you know, potentially finding a cure, um, you know, in a more rapid pace. So, you know, another way that, you know, gamers may just save the world yet. Yeah, I've seen people having, uh, there's a board game called Pandemic, and people have been having Pandemic parties. And <laughs> well, I mean, pandemic. we used to play Pandemic. In fact, I, mean, I still play, you know. Over here on the. <laughs> yeah, I still play uh, Pandemic on my cell phone occasionally, you know. Um, I think my latest, uh, you know, I, I think I did a fungi or something, so tits killed the world. <laughs> um, oh, yeah, it's like, you remember that game, that, uh. Oh, was it virusing? There's that, yeah, that game where you created a virus and seen how long you could take it to to destroy the world. Yep. Yep. D's Nuts was always like, you know. <laughs> was a popular one. Yes, yep. absolutely. I mean, we, you know, all kind of uh, gave it our uh, own unique twist depending on um, personality and traits, that sort of thing. <laughs> so, uh, you know, I mean, it, it, it's definitely crazy times. I mean, you know, yeah, it's... I don't know. I, I, I guess in, you know... Um, yeah, I mean, like, there's been way worse virus viral outbreaks, but it just seems like the media and social media has caused this one to be... Because like, like, if you look at the actual facts, the mortality rate is super low. Most people that get it, you know, survive it. And it just seems like, you know, it's, pan it's inside a panic. Like, just driving around the last couple of days, it's like all the grocery stores are just completely out of things. I mean, like you sent me pictures from Kroger the other night and it looked like, looked like the store went out of business cause there was nothing on the shelves. I mean, yes. things look a few places I've stopped today. Things look like they've recovered a little bit more, but our local gun shops too have been busy as shit. They're like, dude, if it shoots, if it shoots bullets, it'll, it'll sell. Like people are just, as I said, it's all the people that didn't get toilet paper is now stocking up on guns and ammo for when, you know, they really need some toilet paper. Yeah. <laughs> It's like, uh, I'm not worried about my family or anything. I'm trying to protect my toilet paper. Like, you know, which I... <laughs> which I, still makes zero sense because diarrhea is not a symptom. Why is everybody talking about toilet paper? I, I, I think it's for the fact that they're afraid that, you know, there is going to be a quarantine for an unknown period of time. And if you are, you know, um, legally bound to not leave your premises for an extended period of time, like, you know, it's not going to be... Oh well, let me just run out and get some toilet paper or anything. Like you know, I, 
I don't know. I, I I have a hard time seeing things get to that point, but you know, who who knows? I mean, you know, we we've talked about you know Y two K, swine flu, H one N one, a whole lot of you know other you know things that we've you know were told we're going to be you know humanity's downfall and uh yet here we are um you know so you know all of these other things are like okay is is this the you know sheep crying wolf or um you know or is this the wolf in sheep's clothing who knows <laughs> but i guess it's that unknown that you know is causing people to you know panic and everything else and you know here's the other thing too is like seeing the empty shelves and all of that kind of stuff it's not that trucks aren't delivering and you know manufacturing is ground to a halt or anything it's so much of ordering systems now are controlled by computers so if you go based on previous year's history of inventory and that's what the computers are lying on as far as how much product to bring into a store like of course they're not prepared for this massive run that just occurred you know two weeks ago um or whatever the case is like i don't know this thing's been floating around since like november or something but i guess you know <laughs> it's for just... some reason like just the last week everyone's like gone fucking shit. but yeah other than like i said the world is closed and every con you want to go to is closed and but hey so far i talked to a guy today that's a dragon con volunteer and said like the the notifications he's beginning said there's no plans to cancel dragon con because that shit's not till September and hopefully, like I said, we'll just go to the Winchester, have a pint, and all this shit will blow over. <laughs> it was kind of funny because I was actually down, um, you know, uh, right in the, the the heart of Dragon Con yesterday in in Atlanta, just you know, like getting some food and just perusing and such. And, like it's always strange <laughs> being, you know, in that area, not around Con, because I'm like, where's all the crowds of people? Where's why is there all this parking? Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like I hardly ever go to that part of Atlanta when it, when it's not uh, con season. So it's like if there's a concert or something that I end up going to, it's like, oh wow, this is where Dragon Con is. <laughs> it's so weird that there's not you know, a whole bunch of stormtroopers on the street. I mean that that's the beauty of Dragon Con though, because at least I know that section of Atlanta. Yeah, I'm lost in every other part of Atlanta, but it's like I get on Cortland, I'm like I'm home. I know where I am. <laughs> The thing is, I never drag uh, drive to Dragon Con because I want to pay the uh, ridiculous parking prices, so I always take the train. So it's when I end up in that part of Atlanta, it's always a surprise. I'm like, oh shit, I know where I'm at now. <laughs> I've never driven here, but I, I've walked these streets. Yeah. <laughs> like, there's the phone booth. Let's have a cigar in an old fashioned oh, and wait for all this to blow over. <laughs> absolutely. The only thing is, I never know when there's going to be like a VIP party and they're like closed or something. <laughs> I don't know. I did see a sign, you know, speaking of the phone booth, and there was like. You know, we, we really love our antique phone booth, but, um, you know, due to the outbreak, uh, you know, please knock and we will, disp- you know, dispense. Uh, <laughs> Didn't have pe- Yeah, it was like a, one of the local cigar shops uh, I saw in there. They made a post on Facebook. They're like, all right, you know, we're not closing or anything like that, but we've implemented new rules that you've got to put on hand sanitizer before you enter the humidor and don't pick up anything. If you touch a cigar, you've bought it. Like, don't, don't pick anything up. Don't sniff it. Like, you know. Which, I mean, that's just a... you come in, and then don't don't fuck with anything unless you're planning on buying it. All right, I guess, Which you know. Which makes sense. For the cigar nerds in the group. Like, but, we, we had this conversation the other night. Like, when you're shopping for a cigar, 
Like, do you run it under your nose? Has that ever been a part of your buying process? No, because all you smell is cellophane. Like, I, <laughs> unless I, it's unwrapped. But even well, then, but even then, it, it tobacco smells like tobacco. It's like it, it, the smell of it has nothing to do with what the flavor is going to be when you when you light it. Like the only thing I could fathom is you know a, a comment that you made you know many months ago when trying to talk to somebody you know that was like ah oh, the only good cigar is a Cuban cigar and they were basically like. Yeah, you know what's a real Cuban if it smells like piss? So is that what you're after, like, when you're sniffing your cigar? Like, yep, it smells like piss. It's going to be a good one. Like, no, you just got one that's been underage because it still has too much ammonia in it. <laughs> that thing's a little fresh for you there, Letty. Or, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, there there is the, the other, um, we will call it the, uh, the, the Clinton special, um, <laughs> you know, dip method, uh, you know, for, yeah, I mean, hell, even Swanee Beer Fest got canceled. I'm like, hey, I thought alcohol killed germs. This should have been the safest place to hang out. <laughs> Maybe that just means there wasn't enough alcohol content. Like yeah, beers weren't strong enough. But Maybe for, maybe we gotta go to a moonshine fest. There we like. go. <laughs> but all for all you craft beer guys that you are disappointed, it did get moved to like May thirtieth, so now you have more time to to, to plan your trip and buy tickets. So. And that's the thing, is like with you know, with all the scheduling changes... I don't know I'm maneuvering my birthday now because everything's closed. Probably <laughs> going to get drunk in the shed, but... <laughs> hey, a merry good time it'll be. Um, but, you know, it, it doesn't seem like things are canceling to just not occur. It just seems like, you know, things are getting pushed to the latter warmer months, I guess, when... Yeah, that's only I'm not going to be able to go to Symposium now because they moved it to the weekend before Dragon Con. So I'm like, yeah, I can't afford to do two cons back-to-back. Uh, -back. Um, Can your liver handle that is the real question. Not. Hey, I should, we should have brought some pie. We could have used that to disinfect our livers. Oh, uh, But you got anything else? Because, like I said, there's... <laughs> Even Toylanta, you know, has, has been moved. It's like, it's like, yep. Don't know what to do with the... Uh... <laughs> But then again, you know, like it. Sometimes questionable hygiene is always brought up, no matter what convention it is. So I mean, you know, uh, until Axe body spray, you know, is you know certified to kill Corona, like I think it's for the better. <laughs> like, and you got uh, was it the. Uh, uh... Those fucking inflatable T-Rex outfits are pretty much like a hazmat suit. So, I mean, those guys would have been safe. I, I, I wonder... So, I, I okay, I guess we could do this for nerd news. Like, every year we talk about what's going to be this year's popular costume. And I will say that probably hazmat suits and something to do with corona. Like, I, I think I mean, instead last year of, was like, a couple of... Because of, of the, the Legionnaire's disease, there was a couple... Uh, Hazmat costumes I saw floating around. I, yeah, I it think may be way of, more prevalent this year. I think instead of everybody running around in Resident Evil umbrella stuff, they'll have, you know, like, Corona, you know, response team or something, you know? I did see one meme that said, uh, uh, to distance themselves from the coronavirus, Corona has changed the name, and uh, it showed their new logo, and it was uh, Ebola Especial instead of Corona <laughs> Extra or something like that. <laughs> Uh, doesn't it tell you a lot about where we are as a society that, you know, Corona beer has taken such a hit? Like, people are so stupid that, like, yeah, the Corona stock is actually... <laughs> well, I mean, every, all the stocks now, but, I mean, yeah. you know, even 
even before the market took the plunge and everything, like just given the name Corona and, you know, people like, I'm going to stay away from that beer. Like, I was staying away from that beer regardless, but, you know, um, that's just me. <laughs> oh, yeah. People, and I saw one today and it was like, uh, it was Rick from Rick and Morty. And it was like, the fucking coronavirus memes are spreading faster than the virus. And it's like, it's not wrong. He's got a point. <laughs> what if the memes are a virus? Because that's the other thing, too. I guess we could bring that up is um, there are quite a few um, malicious websites out there disguising themselves as corona outbreak maps. And, you know, people are finding themselves uh, getting their mobile and computer devices infected from, you know, thinking they're... Oh, God. I, I seen the dumbest thing today was someone recommending uh, disinfecting your cell phone by putting it in the microwave to uh, make sure you don't get corona from calling someone who's infected. So, see how many people have uh, ruined their cell phones because they're dumb and believe the internet. Well, I mean, you know, we come from an era that, you know, these people haven't survived Y2K. They haven't survived, you know, um, 9-11. Like, this might be their first real foray into, you know, um, the... I, I, I don't know. I, I, I still kind of think it's a propaganda machine. Um, but uh, at the same time, like, you're eating fucking Tide Pods and you're snorting <laughs> condoms. Like, you know, at, at some point, like, we need to call the week. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. So, uh, I, I, I guess with that, you know, maybe this is the great snap, uh, you know. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, uh, is that all you got for us this week? <laughs> what do you got? <laughs> Nothing. With that, uh, check us out on esonetwork.com. Check us out on cigarnerdpodcast.com. We're on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, at Cigar Nerd Pod. Get your shirts at realmensmokecigars.com. Hell, go to iTunes, leave us a review. Uh, you can get your energy drinks at strikeforceenergy.com, promo code CIGARNERDS. And with that, Gordon's alive! And this has been a recording of the Cigar Nerd Podcast. We are your hosts, Smokin' Joe and Brad Jackson. Join us next time for more adventures in nerddom. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping through Amazon.com or the Tee Public Store which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek.